What is going on, y'all? It's your boy Nigma back with another past and present episode. And this week, what I want to talk about is one of the most influential shows, I think, in television history. And that, of course, is The Sopranos. Now, if it wasn't for The Wire, The Sopranos would probably be my favorite show of all time. In fact, it was for a good bit of time until I actually watched The Wire in its entirety. And what I wanted to talk about today is I want to rank each of the seasons uh, similar to what I did with The Wire. Um, I'm not going to discuss too much about, you know, every season because there's just a lot to really talk about. So I'm going to really just touch base on highlights of the season, at least ones that I considered as highlights. And also for this list, I'm going to make um, season 6A and 6B one season so it's just going to be really season six there was a time it was almost like a two-year period when season 6a went off and then they made season 6b um and so it's really all the same season it's just um i'm not sure why they did that i guess they were negotiating contracts and stuff like that so things happen you know but in this case here, it's all going to be put together as one season and it may hurt it. It may help it. Who knows? Once I get into the list, you'll find out. So for those who don't know, The Sopranos is basically about New Jersey mob boss Tony Soprano as he deals with his personal and professional issues in his home and business life that affect his mental state, leading him to seek professional psychiatric counseling. And Pretty much, I love mob movies. I love, you know, the Goodfellas, Casino, Godfather movies like that. What The Sopranos did at the time is it brought the mob into the current era because a lot of those movies took place in the 60s, 70s, um, you know, 80s, early 90s or whatever. But this brought it into the current, well, the then current time. And the thing that was different about this show is you got more involved with the family now i know a lot of the movies and things they'll have the family in there but they're more of a backdrop to the mafia related activities whereas in this show the mob and his normal family all took you know equal billing in this show and i think that's what made it great because you actually see this tough guy this mob boss you know who's in the mob doing things that we wouldn't think about dealing with the same things we deal with with our family so he has to balance that and i think that's what made the show so great it won numerous awards shout out shout out to uh james gadolfini um rest in peace as tony soprano lorraine brocco played dr melfi and edie falco plays his wife uh, tony soprano's wife carmella this was just a great show for its time. It gave us the first anti-hero. Without The Sopranos, you wouldn't have Breaking Bad. A lot of people think Breaking Bad is the greatest show ever. I beg to differ. I think The Wire is. Breaking Bad is an excellent show in its own, too. But without Tony Soprano, none of that would have ever come to be. So, so let's go ahead and jump right in and start discussing the list. So, again, there's six seasons, so... There's going to be six. And one other thing I want to bring up. There may be things I don't like about certain seasons, but this is similar to The Wire where, you know, the worst season of this show will probably be 
the best season of a lot of shows. So just kind of keep that out there. There may be some things I'll nitpick about and kind of upset over, but I still love this show. And that's why I'm doing this list. And you love this show because that's why you're listening to this list. So without further ado, we jump into number six. All right, coming in at number six, we're going to go with season six. So obviously putting them together (laughs) didn't really help. And honestly, if I did break them apart, season six B would probably be ranked higher than season six A. One of the things that happens in this season, it was a lot of filler episodes, I think. Um, One of the main things, especially in six A, where Tony gets shot by his dimension driven uh, Uncle Junior. And he goes into this dream state where he's a regular businessman and a lot of that. So one of the things, I will admit this, and I love this show, I really do, but The Sopranos had a lot of filler episodes. And if you don't know what a filler episode is, it's an episode that's just there to kind of save the budget for other episodes so bigger things can happen. Um, Like the, the Fly episode in Breaking Bad. One of the worst filler episodes ever made in history. So I was never really a big fan of a lot of the Soprano dream sequences. Um, This one lasted, I think, maybe two to three weeks, which, you know, when you only have a certain amount of episodes to watch, that kind of takes you out of it. I didn't really like this um, much at all. And then there is the Vito dealing with his uh, sexuality. So... Vito was a homosexual in the show, and then the mob found out, his friends found out, and then he basically leaves Jersey and goes to this um, upstate, uh, I forget what state it was, but anyways, he, he goes, you know, goes away to another small city and develops a romance with this uh, other guy, and I get it, I understand why they did this, you wanted to really show what the mob would do to somebody who is actually a homosexual because they're not actually part of the inclusion or the PC of the world. So yeah, there was a lot of people calling for Vito's head, but I thought that, you know, it went on for too long, in my opinion. Again, a lot of the episodes dealt with him and the romance of that guy and then Vito's trying to adjust to the normal life. I mean, one funny thing about that is when Vito was working, actually working a legitimate job like me and you do, um, you know, he couldn't take it and he ended up leaving because he loved the mob life. And that goes to show you, he's really going to put his life in danger just so he doesn't have to work a nine to five crazy, isn't it? Um, so of course when Tony's recovering, he has to get his respect back because he's looking kind of weak. Um, other things that happen in the first portion, uh, AJ meets Blanca, um, Meadow moves to California, uh, with Finn, uh, Johnny Sackby is convicted and sentenced. Um, of course, AJ's trying to live up to the mob life, trying to be like um, Godfather 2 and avenge his father's shooting. And that worked out. He's an incompetent fool. Um, and one of the things I didn't like about this season definitely was AJ. Make no mistake. I understand that, um, you know, he, he had depression and was dealing with a lot of things and stuff like that. But... Really, they just made him a whiny kid, and I really hate whiny people, so it really just got on my nerves. It irked my nerves. You know, he already has issues with the um, panic attacks like his father, 
but yeah, that stuff was just crazy. And then when you move on to the second half, um, you see Johnny Sachs um, trying to run things from prison. Eventually, he dies. Um, uh, Tony and Phil beef continues to grow. Um, then Tony and uh, Bobby Bacala they had a fight at his birthday getaway. Um, and then a lot of people towards the end started to die. So Bobby Bacala died. Um, Phil Leotardo, who Tony was beefing with, died. Uh, Silvio gets shot. Is not sure if he ever recovered. They never really said. He just kind of goes off with there. Uh, Tony kills Chris, you know, his nephew. And then the infamous ending where it just ends in black. So this is a lot that happens in this season. And, you know, it, it was just so much to put together it was like 21 episodes i believe total so that's that's a lot of stuff and i'm sure i left out a whole bunch more too but you know the the final scene which went to black i was working for a cable company at the time when it premiered and i was upset i thought my cable went out just like most of the people and this actually crashed the internet so i used to always be on the imdb um message boards and I went there to see what other people were saying. It literally crashed the site. I mean, there was one guy who said, I'm putting a $20,000 hit on David Chase. Everybody was upset. Did Tony die? Did he live? I'm one of the people who thinks he lived because who was going to kill him at that point? He already made the peace with Butchie out in New York. He killed Phil. There was really nobody left for him to battle with. I mean, he's going to get indicted because um, Carlo seemed to have flipped over. And so... That was going to, that was really the only thing I think that could happen. But there was a lot of people who think that he died at that scene and maybe he did, but I would really like to know who they thought killed him if that's the case. All right. So I'm running a little long with this, uh, this season because it was a long season. There was a lot to get to. And because of that, I'm gonna give you two favorite episodes because it's such a long season. So my favorite episodes for season six, the first one was Mr. and Miss. Mr. and Mrs. John Sacramony requests. And that's the episode where Johnny Sack's daughter gets married. I don't know. Something about that episode. I, anytime I, I can see Johnny Sack shine. I mean, I'm a big fan of Johnny Sack. And, you know, this was kind of his episode. And I enjoyed it. You know, and then the endearment that he showed towards his daughter. Maybe because I have a daughter. I don't know. But I always liked this episode. It was always one of my favorite episodes. And um, I was just happy he got his time to shine. Now, in the second half, Blue Comet, because Tony has been walking a tightrope for six seasons now, and he's always kind of gotten himself out of any major wars or things like that. Well, Blue Comet started a war, finally, and it costs him a lot of good people, and he, he eventually settled it, but, you know, at the cost of his best friend, his consigliere, who he grew up with. Um, you know, he's shot and in a coma. We don't know what's going on with him. Uh, Bobby Bacala, his brother-in-law, he's dead. Um, you know, so, so a lot of those things went on and it really was the, you know, the ending that you really wanted because you really wanted to see him go toe-to-toe with New York as far as the show. And one other thing I'll mention about this season too, I know, again, this is a lot, but one of the things that I really, really, really hate is how much they made Tony in the entire season six. He starts to be a jerk. I mean, we've been rooting for this guy for all these years, and then they start making him a degenerate gambler or something. I mean, he, Tony always gambled, 
but he wasn't a degenerate gambler, if you know what I mean. And even when like he met with uh, Johnny Sack's uh, brother-in-law and, you know, went to the glasses shop, just took the guy's glasses like, oh, I forgot my wallet. I'll get you next time. And him and Silvio and a couple of the guys walked out with glasses. They really made him a jerk. And it was like the final season, they're trying to say, hey, don't forget this guy is horrible. We know he's horrible. You didn't have to kind of push that envelope on that. I really didn't like that because it took Tony out of his character. Yeah, he might do the glasses thing. I don't know. I think it's if he respects somebody, he wouldn't have. So who knows? But the gambling part, Tony always talked about not being a degenerate gambler. And while he does gamble, he never gambles over his head. And he looks like he gambled over his head a lot during this season to the point where he was um, beefing with Carmella because she made some money. He wanted to use it for something. And, you know, it, it was just all the things that we know about Tony. He would have never have done that. At least that's just my opinion. All right. I know I spent a lot of time on season six because there's 21 episodes. So let's move on to number five. Coming in at number five, we have season three. And honestly, this season isn't as bad and may have even been higher on the list if it was not for one thing, Jackie Jr. Now, I get it. You get the guy with the rugged good looks or whatever, but the dude, the actor, could not act. I hated Jackie Jr.'s character, not necessarily because what he became, but because the guy who's playing him, he could not act worth a lick. And a great deal of this season is based on him. You know, him and Meadows' uh, relationship and then him and Tony. Tony's trying to keep him out of the game because he wanted his father. His father's wish was always to have his son become a professional. He didn't want him in the uh, mob life. So this was a pretty major character. And every time he came on the screen, he just had no chemistry with anybody. He was just, he just couldn't act. I'm sorry. You know, and it's sad because this was a good season all things considered, but since most of the season is based off of him and his acting, <laughs> I just can't put it any further up on the list. I mean, this is a season that gave us Ralph Cifaretto. It was his first appearance. Uh, Tony's mother dies and Tony has to kind of deal with that. Um, but I enjoyed the character of Ralph Cifaretto. He was just one of those random guys that just does stupid things. Like in one episode, he kills one of the dancers at the, uh, the Bing, you know, just for, disrespecting him i mean really brutally killed this woman i mean he, he's an insane guy <laughs> um you know the season also bought us with chris he's finally a made guy and he's struggling being made he think it's all gonna be uh peaches and cream and it's just work and he didn't realize how much work it would be being a made guy also a significant episode in this uh season was when dr melfi gets raped and you know, kudos off to uh, Lorraine Bracco for that acting piece because, you know, she really looks like somebody who was damaged and she really looked like somebody who was conflicted. Like, all she had to do was open her mouth and tell Tony, this is what happened, and that dude would have been dead. And she kept her standards, and it was just a brilliant acting job by Lorraine Bracco, which is more than what I can say about Jackie Jr.'s actor. I don't even know the guy's name, but he's hor horrible. I think it's Jason something. But yeah, that dude's garbage. Um, we also see uh, Meadow in college and, you know, dealing with the uh, Noah relationship. And you can see Tony 
Sopranos response to black people, a black guy dating his daughter. And, um, of course, there was more about it with uh, Jackie Jr., like I said, trying to be his father and ends up getting killed. He hears about the card game that Tony, um, his father, and uh, Silvio did when they were younger and how everything worked out and they ended up moving up in the ranks where he tried to mimic it. But unfortunately, he ends up shooting Furio, killing a dealer, and um, yeah, it didn't work out good for him. The whole season, he was trying to be this mob guy that he really isn't, living off his father's name. Something AJ does as well, um, but not to to the effect of Jackie Jr. Jackie Jr. was like deep in the game trying to live off his father's name, which was, you know, he wasn't built for it. So he ends up getting shot. Is what it is. Um, AJ gets into trouble in school, which is pretty much his whole uh, MO, and he ends up being what well, they were going to send him to military school until he has a panic attack, so they couldn't do that. And I think this probably has one of the best endings of the season where you end on the note of Uncle Junior singing that ballad he sung at the end, which had people, grown men, into tears. I'm talking about murderers and killers, real, you know, hard mafiosos crying it was just such a brilliant performance um as always so the best episode of this season by far pine barons chris and paulie they always have this toxic relationship i like to say they're good one moment then they're at each other's throats the next this episode was just them basically they were supposed to collect from this russian guy things got out of hand so they were going to end up killing the guy what well, they killed he th- they thought they killed him but they didn't and uh, he gets away in uh, north jersey and they're stuck in the forest and they get lost and it's a survival story at this point and it has some of the best one-liners in the series it's just funny to see these two going back and forth with each other i mean yeah, that that's by far that might be one of the best episodes in the entire series, but it's definitely the best one for season three. Number four. All right, coming in at number four, we have season five. So in this season, we have a lot of the old mafiosos who were locked up. I believe it was in the eighties, getting out on the street. So you have the intro to Tony B, who is uh, Tony Soprano's cousin. You have Feach Lamont, who's an old school mafioso from Jersey. And you have Phil Leotardo, who is a New York old mafioso. And there was another guy, I can't recall his name. But those are like the main ones that you kind of meet and just uh, keep up with throughout this season. So one of the big things happened this season, uh, Carmine Lupertazzi dies. And then there's a battle who's going to take over the family between Little Carmine and Johnny. And it was, you know, it was interesting to really see how they, they were going to work things out. Tony is trying to stay out of all this. He doesn't want, you know, to be bothered with any of it. He's like, let them deal with their own problems. Of course, certain things happen where Chris talks out of turn in a sit down. It kind of escalates matters. Um, Johnny Sack really, again, he's one of my favorite characters on the show. So I always knew he was going to win. Little Carmine was a idiot to say the least and he was really grasping at something that he really didn't control i mean he was out there i believe in miami so or yeah i think he was out in miami so there was really no reason for him to stake the claim other than his father was the uh boss and so yeah that battle didn't last long and we knew what was going to happen there um 
Carmella and Tony fight through their separation. So they were separated the previous season. And so they're trying to get, you know, battle that back and forth. One of the things I will always say too, this is a side note. People who compare Skylar to Carmella Soprano, okay? Everybody always wants to compare the two. There is a big difference between Skylar from Breaking Bad, who was Walter White's wife, and Carmella Soprano. Carmella knew what she was getting married into. She knew she was getting married into a mob. She knew about the Kumars and all that type of stuff. And she just had enough. And I'll talk about that when I get to um, season four. But she knew the life she was getting into. Skylar did not. Skylar was married to a high school teacher. You know, she didn't know all this. And for people to say, well, she needs to, you know, accept him and this and that. They, they're crazy. People, it's two different situations. You cannot compare the two. Carmella knew what she was marrying and got everything that she, she had coming to her. Skylar was forced into this because the man she married was not Walter White, the one we saw on the TV show. All right. Um, another big thing here in this season, uh, Chris and Tony kind of went at it after the car crash. And there was a rumor about Adriana and Tony Soprano in the car together and what was going on in that car. <coughs> Think of it as basically people paying, grown people playing the telephone game. It was just hilarious. Um, and then, of course, Adriana dies. Uh, uh, Tony B dies after... He goes after uh, Phil Leotardo's brother and kills him. So a lot of things happened in this episode. We didn't get a lot of Tony B, who was played by Steve Buscemi. He's a uh, great actor. Ends up doing uh, Boardwalk Empire and other movies and stuff. So, you know, it was a great season, but a, a lot of it had to do with the old mafiosos getting out, um, you know, with Phil Leotardo. You know, he was basically asking for blood, and when... Johnny Sack won the war. He's basically like, hey, I need to settle this thing with Phil. Tony didn't want to give up his cousin because he's being too stubborn. And they almost went to war there. But Tony ends up putting him out of his misery, giving him what they want, and then doing some settlements that way. So overall, good season. Um, my favorite episode was long-term parking. And the reason why, Adriana was basically... You know, she was working with the feds or being forced to work with the feds. And she revealed it to Chris. And, of course, Chris loses his mind. He thinks about it, about flipping. But, you know, once he sees he was going to get gas at a gas station, once he sees this, like, this family, he just didn't want to live like that. Like, the call to the mafia life is just so strong that he's willing to sacrifice his love for Adriana in order for his to continue in the mob. It was a big sacrifice. And when I saw Tony call Adriana from a payphone, I knew that basically they were coming for her. But the way they shot it, they made it look like Adriana was just leaving herself, driving out, which probably would have been the best thing for her because she didn't want to, um, you know, be any hurt Chris in any type of way or anything like that. So I thought, okay, Adriana's going to make it out. But then they, you know, changed the view and it's Silvio driving the car. And I was like, oh, she's dead. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she did die in that season. It was a big shock. It's one of the things that um, 
haunts Chris throughout the series too until he finds another girl and then you know everything goes okay from there but all in all it was this was a great uh season as well and very much enjoyed it number three all right coming in at number three we have season one and basically this is the intro you're introduced to Tony Soprano he's a capo regime at this point and he's struggling from panic attacks and so he's going to uh, Dr. Melfi. You know, he's struggling because in the mob, you're not supposed to talk to a psychiatrist. Um, that's a rule in real life. Matter of fact, I've seen videos on YouTube saying that if they found out that one of their people were talking to a psychiatrist, they would be killed. So it's a big thing. But Tony has to do something because he keeps passing out. And this is the only thing he can do. So we're introduced to Tony, his crew. Um you know, Dr. Melfi and her care for him, um, you know, going through the uh, different psychiatric uh, sessions. And we're also introduced to his regular family, uh, Carmela and the kids. And um, a lot happened in this season. This was a excellent season, an excellent way to introduce this crew, the Sopranos and everything like that, including his mother, his toxic mother, who, if you watch the, the Many Saints of Newark, you know, she wasn't as bad as what Tony recalls her to be. She still was bad, but she wasn't as bad. But, um, yeah, by the end of this season, she basically put it in Junior's ear to try to have her own son killed. So, I guess she, she can't be too good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this one basically is just Tony. Um, when Jackie Aprio gets sick and ends up dying, there's an opening for the Jersey boss position and Tony gives it up to Uncle Junior feeling that, you know, we're going to leave him at the top. So when um, the feds drop down, it'll be Uncle June that they're after, which is actually a genius idea. Um, the only problem is Uncle Junior is just such a greedy, insecure guy that <laughs> it caused the war. So a lot of the war started because Tony was giving... Um, uh, making fun of Junior, there was a rumor, not a rumor, but he likes to go down on women. And once that came out, Tony started to mock him for it. And Junior started to mock him for going to a psychiatrist. And eventually they, you know, went to war over this and Junior tried to have him killed, um, unsuccessful. And then there was basically a battle between that, them two for the top spot, which Tony won because Junior ended up getting uh, picked up uh, by the uh, feds so what made it great was you saw the like I said the mob life and the family life with the family life you got to see Carmela you know how she reacts to Tony's the things that he's doing and trying to deal with uh, all his infidelities and things like that and his kids trying to live through it um one of the things that happened in this series and well I'll talk about that when I get to my favorite episode um, one of the things also that happened is, um, finding out, well, suspecting that pussy's a rat, which eventually he really is, but they never really, um, find out until really the following season, um, where pussy gets his, but yeah, suspecting that pussy's a rat. Um, so, you know, Tony went into depression over that when they thought that pussy had been killed when they found out that it was really a Jimmy Altieri that was a rat. So there was a lot of things going with this one. And then, of course, my favorite episode is the college episode. So one of the things that made this episode great is 
you have Metal Soprano really just asking her father, are you in the mafia? And Tony's kind of shocked by it. He doesn't know how to answer it. But while he's on a college trip with her, he finds this old rat guy that was, that ratted out a lot of people in the outfit. And, you know, he has to live up to his mob code. So we got to kill this man. And instead of having somebody else do it while his while he's on out there with his daughter, he decides to do it himself. And so him trying to balance that kill, you know, kill this guy, keep his daughter, you know, none the wiser was basically the highlight of that episode. And, um, you know, that it kind of shows, it shows the, the difference, the things that he has to go through to balance his family life and his mob family life. And also having AJ come to real, the realization of what his father does for a living metal broke it to him. And, um, you know, just AJ's looking at his father in a totally different light after that, because, Hey, you know, you just found out that your father was a mobster. You didn't know what your father did. You thought he just worked in sanitation. No, he's an actual mobster. So I thought this set the foundation for what was going to be a compelling season. Uh, well, compelling series. And it was number two. All right. Coming in at number two, I have season four. So Meadow is still struggling with Jackie Jr.'s death. He was shot in the projects. And she uses it as an excuse for a lot of different things, why she's not in college, why she's not really doing anything. So that that was a big deal, trying to get her to overcome that death throughout the season. Um, in the season, also, you have the Johnny Sack and Ralph conflict. Basically, Ralph tells a joke about Johnny Sack's wife getting a 90-pound mole removed from her ass and in front of a group of uh, connected folks. And it was all laugh and joke until the joke got back to Johnny Sack and he wanted Ralph killed. And it was one, one of the, I would say one of the most tenses, tense, uh, tenses, <laughs> one of the most tense moments in television history as the guy who was supposed to kill Ralph opens up the elevator, the elevator door opens and he's sitting there looking at Ralph on the phone with the guy who is trying to cancel the hit. And the guy asked for half, and the guy, you know, the mob, mob guy who was connected to Johnny Sack said, yeah, we'll give you half. And really, I just, Ralph just doesn't know how close he was to getting killed on that um, elevator. Now, eventually he gets killed over Pio Mai, but yeah, that, that was one of the tense, more tense moments in um, television history, in my opinion. Uh, what else happened in the season? We had Artie trying to be Mr. Lone Shark guy. He ended up getting screwed, and Tony had to clean it up after Artie tries to commit suicide. Uh, AJ get, has a new girlfriend who has a lot of money and wondering why he doesn't have that type of godfather money, which is crazy. And then there's um, Tony finds out about uh, Gloria Trillo's death. So I believe it was in season three. Um, he started dating this uh, new Kumar, um, uh, Gloria Trillo, and she, he met her in Dr. Melfi's office, and she's definitely unstable with a lot of things. And, of course, it didn't work out, and then Tony had to threaten her to stay away, and eventually, um, you know, she does and eventually commits suicide, and he finds out he's upset over it. He thinks... He's a toxic individual, and that's what happens with him and 
Artie, he kind of gives him a second chance, but he's like, why would you kill yourself? You could have came and talked to me. Why am I that much of a toxic person? And they kind of had a beef over that for a while um, until eventually, uh, let's say probably about season five when they finally made up. Um, and then the big storyline throughout the season two is Furio and his feelings for Carmilla. And, you know, they were having a flirtationship in their minds with each other, I guess you would call it. And Furio was just, he couldn't take it anymore. So he ends up leaving and going back to Italy, not even telling Tony. And when Carmela finds out, she gets sick to her stomach because it really ticks her off. And then when she finds out that Tony has cheated once again, which she already knew, but she found out as the one of the women called the uh, house and told her about it, um, she, she went off. And she just really, you know, this, and I'll just go ahead and jump into this. The best episode is obviously Whitecaps because this was Edie Falco at her best. This was one of the greatest acting jobs I have seen between both her and James Gattolfini during the um, argument because she really looks like she is sick. Like she is really, you know, somebody who's at that last moment and they just go crazy she i don't know she just grasped it this looks like a woman who just snapped and she she put on a performance that was just so awesome and and honestly again she knew about all this stuff so she knew what she was getting into but she was just tired and after losing furio and then tony still doing his thing yeah that she just that was the last straw and when the girl called the house and I think that was one of the best performances ever. I think she even won an award for this season and this episode. So, you know, kudos to Edie Falco because that was just a great performance. Number one. All right, coming in at number one is season two. Um, this is basically after Uncle June has been arrested by the feds. And I think this was just the best season. It introduced... Some of the best characters, um, Richie Aprile, Furio, and Bobby Bacala. There, this was their first time on the screen, and it was just a, I don't know, something about this season just just went well because you have Richie Aprile who gets out of jail, and all of a sudden he's trying to take what what's his, and he keeps battling with Tony going back and forth because Richie Aprile, in his words, I'm old school. <laughs> You know, and whereas things have changed on the streets, you can't do a lot of the things that you used to do. That's why he ended up getting locked up in the first place. So Tony's trying to ease the transition, but Richie is still trying to make his um, way out in that world. And he's getting greedy and he's working really to undermine um, Tony with uh, Junior, who is still technically the boss of the family. But, um, yeah, that didn't work out for him pretty well, as you all know. Um, this also has the trip to Italy, where Tony goes out to Italy to do a car deal and um, ends up really flirting with his cousin, which is kind of, that's, I mean, yeah, his cousin was fine as hell, but it's still your cousin. I mean, I don't know how far you know removed they are, but it's still not a good thing to do. Um, it also introduced a uh, character, David Scatino. And the reason I liked him is because it was one of the few people who wasn't connected to the mob that Tony still has a friends with. So he's friends with Artie Bucco, 
and then David Scatino. These are people he grew up with. This is before he actually um, was part of the mob, and these are his childhood friends. And so I like this. I like that character, and I'll get to that in just a second. Another um, highlight of this season was Christopher getting shot by Sean and Matt. Um, over them, they were trying to basically um, do something good for uh, Richie Aprile because Richie didn't like Christopher after Christopher was beating on his niece, Adriana. And Christopher has this this vision that he's going to hell. And there was this big thing with Paulie, you know, Tony didn't really worry about it. Like, ah, whatever. But Chris, but uh, Paulie, <laughs> you know, he's a nervous wreck. So there was a whole thing about going to hell and he was getting nervous. He's waking up at three o'clock because Christopher mentioned something about three o'clock. It was just one of those funny things. And um, eventually Richie Aprile gets shot by Janice of all people, the one uh, Janice, who is uh, Tony Soprano's sister. I think this was her first appearance in this. Yeah, it's Janice, this was her first appearance in this show as well. And she was going to get married to uh, Richie Aprile. Richie Aprile punches her. She goes and grabs a gun and shoots him. They were planning on killing Richie anyway, so it really was a helpful thing, but that was funny. And then there is the infamous killing of Big Pussy Bumpincero as they finally realize he is a rat. And they end up killing him on Tony's boat or a boat and leaving him in the uh, ocean water or sea or lake. I don't know. But anyways, this season, well, the best episode for this is the Happy Wanderer. And the reason why is the card game, the executive card game. I mean, Silvio's rant was gold. He told them, and, and Christopher warned Matt and Sean, do not mess with this man when he is gambling because he can be sick. And oh, did he give one of the greatest lines ever when Matt was going over there trying to sweep up some crumbs from the floor. <laughs> and I always liked this whole, the card game and everything. And then David Scatino. He ends up owing Tony a lot of money and thinks, you know, well, I can talk about our childhood and, you know, just kind of ease it that way. But, yeah, you owe Tony money. You got to see the gangster, Tony. And, you know, really, his, you know, this was, like I said, one of his old friends. And one of the things I never did like about this scene was that Tony kind of blamed himself for this. But he told David multiple times, this is not your card game. David kept pressing and so at a certain point, he's a grown man. You got to, you know, he wants to do it fine. Hey, I warned him. I tried to get him out. But Tony feels that he, you know, it was his fault that everything went down because Tony knew that he had the store and the Davis Costino owned the store and he was going to get his money one way or the other. I totally disagree with that. I think that was David Scatino's fault. But, um, yeah, this, this season here was just, you know, it really started to grow on me. You start to see a lot of the things that Tony's doing, um, you know, him taking control on the streets and uncle junior still trying to undermine him as best he could. But unfortunately, you know, he really didn't have the power or the muscle to do so. If anything, many saints of New York really showed us the type of person uncle junior is. And, um, you know, it's just, <laughs> It's just, it was just crazy just to see him trying to continue to maneuver behind his back, but then realizing that there's no way that uh, Richie Aprile can do this. So I'm just going to go ahead and um, side with Tony and ends up getting Richie 
the order put out on him killed, but he ended up getting killed anyway by Janice. So, anyways, that's my list. What are your thoughts on my list? Do you think it's the correct list? Do you have some seasons rated higher or lower than I do? Leave it in the comments below. But this was one of the greatest shows ever produced. So, I'm just excited to be able to talk about it. And look, it's a, I didn't expect this video, to, well, this video, this audio to go as long. <laughs> because I thought I could get through it, but this I could talk about The Sopranos for another three, four hours, just breaking down each scene every, each episode, and technically, if I sat here and really wanted to dig into this, I really could, but I'm not going to do that, because, yeah, people have things to do, I'm already over my limit, I try to keep things closer to 30 minutes, so as you can see, I'm well over that, so for everybody out there, if there's anything that you want me to review, or if there's any... Um, you know, suggestions that you have for my review, leave it in the comments as well. This is your boy Enigma signing out. Deuces.